Hi everyone, uh, welcome to Yelai, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Mr. Rohin Parker, uh, co-founder of Spintly, a smart access control platform. Uh, Rohin is a graduate of Navin Jindal School of Management and has worked for uh, organizations such as Bark, Tata Consultancy Services, Nokia, and uh, Broadcom before starting his entrepreneurial journey in 2017. Hi Rohin, welcome to Yelai. Hi Priya Ranjan, it is really a pleasure to be on your show. Uh, I'd uh, request you to introduce uh, yourself to our audience, please. Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Rohin Parker. I am co-founder and CEO of Spintly. Uh, at Spintly, we are enabling a smartphone-based door access uh, for users uh, for their workplaces and uh, office spaces and residential spaces. And uh, tell us uh, more about uh, Spintly. Uh, what uh, what is the uh, product and services uh, you are uh, you are giving to the uh, end users? And mm -hmm. what is the underlying technology behind it? Uh, what how many people are uh, using your product, etc. Okay, uh, so at Spintly, as I said, we enable smartphone or variable based door access for users. We believe that uh, the future of door access is going to be keyless, where instead of using a key or a card, all right, we will use a device which will always be with us, like a smartphone or a smartwatch mm -hmm. in the future to unlock doors. So we don't have to carry the keys. And for that future to be a reality, what is needed is a system which is really simple to adopt, really simple to deploy at large scale. Mm -hmm. Current systems which are deployed, they, they, you have to run cables from every door to a central controller. So if you have 100 doors in a building, the amount of cabling is huge. Our systems are fully wireless. So our goal is to uh, uh, speed up the transition to this uh, wireless access and door access across the globe. We currently serve uh, more than 150 customers in India. We also have a few customers in Middle East and uh, US. Uh, more than 20,000 users are currently on our platform who unlock doors with our systems. So the underlying technology is reliant on internet. Uh, just curious, how does it work without internet? Uh, so the system doesn't work with internet. It uses a technology called BLE mesh technology, which is Bluetooth low energy mesh technology, which allows our devices to talk to each other in a building over a mesh network. Mm -hmm. And a phone communicates with the devices uh, over Bluetooth. So for unlocking the doors, we really don't need internet. Internet is only needed when you want to uh, enable somebody's access for, for a particular door. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now tell us uh, about the journey to build uh, such a wonderful product. Uh, when did you start with this uh, uh, idea and how did you come up with, with this idea? So I spent a lot of my time in US working in companies like Broadcom, Nokia before I returned back to India. I was there for about 12 years. What I noticed is, um, you know, uh, in Bay Area or Silicon Valley, most of the companies where, you, where I've seen, like if I take it Google or Apple or Facebook, almost 50% of the workforce is Indian, right? And Indians are building products and technologies which are globally accepted. 
and why is that india doesn't produce products which are globally accepted that was the kind of initial motivation for me to start a product company so when i returned back we decided that we should start a technology based product company and we used our wireless technology experience wireless design experience to build the products uh, we came upon this problem of access control when we were trying to do some projects in a smart building space where we were trying to automate some doors and we saw so much wiring which has to go into access control and we thought that uh, this can be really changed into a fully wireless system so that's how the idea came about and we started with this product uh I understand that you have a co-founder as well uh, with Spintly. Can you tell us how how you guys uh, came together and uh, uh, what 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 was the point on which you both agreed uh, uh, to uh, sure. venture something out? So Malcolm is the co-founder and CTO of the company. We've known each other since childhood. Uh, we've gone to the same school. We studied engineering in the same college. Um, so we've known each other for more than thirty years. and we always used to talk about uh, technology product development wireless latest trends um, and when i decided that i want to quit my us job come back to india i i i asked him you know why we let why not start something right and uh, because we are from same background we easily kind of uh, was able to convince him that uh, let's start a product company and that's how it uh, happened and then so his skill sets were slightly different from my skill set so that really helped us kind of build a complete company software and hardware combination okay i also understand that you co-founded another company before spintly uh, and uh, can can you tell us uh, what was uh, it about and how uh, how the, um, these two uh, entities are interlinked Uh, so uh, we started the first company um, ring technologies i mean that is still the company which actually uh, owns the spintly as a product but we started with a broad scope of doing lot of iot related activity uh, and over a course of period we realized that uh, we need to really focus on a particular product so we uh, we still do some kind of iot activities but very less on, on in that company and our focus is now more to access control physical access control okay um can you tell us uh, what are the different challenges you have faced so far while uh, building and uh, growing this venture so as a product company you are building hardware as well as software right um in india india is known to build good software and software companies uh, but it's not known to build lot of hardware products so the ecosystem itself is missing in terms of supply chain getting components getting manufacturing done getting molds done in time there is a lot of time which goes into these activities and with china imports also going into trouble during lockdown and all there were a lot of shortages so there were a lot of challenges from product and hardware point of view getting the products ready uh, also skills uh, for engineers where um, we had to develop the skills with uh, uh, for engineers to develop hardware products teach them uh, hardware design wireless design uh, so that those are a couple of challenges which we faced during the initial phase of the company uh i understand the co-founding uh, team is uh, technology centric 
how did you uh, how did you uh, reach out to the 150 customers that you have uh, right now how did you solve the marketing and sales puzzle mm -hmm. so in any startup uh, one of the founders has to take up that role uh, of doing sales marketing initial sales business development marketing and that was me doing most of it um, either using linkedin for marketing right or so we connected over linkedin so i mean linkedin really helps to connect with people and then reach out to them call them and talk to them about our product find out if they have a problem which we can help them to solve right. so initially it, it was me doing it and then we got a few sales people in the team uh, and now we have a sales and marketing team who runs sales and marketing but initially it has to be one of the founders doing it and it is sometimes uncomfortable because you're not from the sales background but you have to develop that ability to go in front of the customers and talk to them now that you have got some uh, understanding of the market can you tell us how does the market uh, look like and uh, what kind of uh, uh, growth or uh, product uh, market fit uh, are you seeing uh, so far mm. The market is really good. Uh, I mean, obviously, COVID does slow down the market in terms of buying ability of customers because businesses shut down, they don't want to spend money. But the type of technology and solutions which we have developed, they are very relevant in the post-COVID world where you would want buildings uh, to be accessible without touch uh, in a contactless manner. Uh, smartphones are there with everybody. Right? So. Uh, having the ability to open a door with a smartphone just makes a lot of sense going forward. Uh, as an HR admin, you may not be able to uh, actually be in the building to give somebody access. You may be working from home and somebody must be asking access for a particular room and with our system, you can just uh, open the app and you know, open the door for the person from anywhere in the world. So there is a huge demand for the solutions which we're developing. We are a fully cloud-based solution. Uh, we don't uh, deploy on-site servers, very less hardware we deploy. Uh, and so uh, we, we, in the world where uh, people don't want to invest into infrastructure, uh, ours is the best solution uh, available in the market. So we see that there is a great product market fit and we have seen a huge demand going up in the market for us. Okay. What is the vision you have uh, as, a, as a company uh, to, uh, for the next five to 10 years? So our vision is uh, to uh, eliminate the clutter of cables and wires which goes into building infrastructure. When any building gets constructed, uh, one of the things which have to be deployed is a lot of communication cables for building automation. Say you're putting fire alarm system, uh, you're putting smoke detectors, you're putting access control devices, all right, and you're putting uh, temperature sensors for air conditioners, a uh, lot of stuff and everything has to, you need to pull cables. And that's a huge activity in itself. Our goal is to eliminate that cabling and use more and more wireless technologies to enable these solutions. Uh, so we are building a platform which is not only suitable for access control, which can also be used for smart buildings. And that's our long-term vision. Okay. Uh, in any venture, uh, there are two primary puzzles which are very difficult to solve. One uh, is the finance and the other is the recruitment. Uh, can you tell us how did you uh, find the uh, financial runway to first initially build the venture? And uh, then how did you find the right people to uh, 
take your vision forward yeah it's a chicken egg thing always right i mean you need money to build something and unless you build something in social traction nobody gives you money right so initially we we bootstrap we both put in the money we hired a few people uh, we built a few quick uh, mvp products uh, minimum viable products and took them to the market uh, we participated in uh, expos or shows where we demonstrated the product and we got people interested we got some early customers so even before we had raised any funding yeah, we did have few customers using our product so that serves as a traction for you and then we raised uh, investment after one year of operations of the company mm-hmm. and since then since then we have raised at uh, three rounds of funding so far uh, and we've grown from uh, we started with about three engineers now we are at about 30 35 engineers so we've grown from 3 to 35 Yeah, so it's it's a gradual process of showing growth, traction, raising money, using that money to show more growth, and so on and so forth. And uh, what about recruitment? How do how did you find the right people uh, to work with you and uh, uh, to align with the vision you have? So we we hire a lot of people from colleges, uh, straight away from colleges, freshers. Uh, we we uh, try to find uh, smart people who are uh, driven who are problem solvers and then train them in a particular skill set which they are interested in so whether it's hardware or software we we then started hiring a few experienced people in our team to get some maturity uh, but primarily we've been focused on uh, young engineers in our team and training them in this uh, skill because we are based out of goa um, a lot of talent comes out of colleges there are not too many companies around here where we can get too much of an experienced talent mm-hmm. now we have an office in bangalore also so we also hire out of bangalore but our interview process is very strong in terms of uh, testing the candidates for problem solving uh, and uh, um, logical reasoning kind of problems okay let's say there are three candidates and uh, skill set wise they are all uh, equally good How, how would you decide which candidate is right for you uh, from a culture standpoint mm-hmm. or uh, from uh, a um, uh, intangible aspect uh, standpoint yeah so within a day it's very difficult to judge a, a candidate or a person so if you just do a one day interview you will probably may go wrong so at least with new engineers we kind of give them an internship period of about a week or two at least and make them work actually in our company uh, so that's where we give them some small assignments and see how they cope up with those assignments how they talk to other people around them are they able to collaborate with the, the team because that is very important right and what is their attitude when when you throw a problem at them do they uh, do they take it with a challenge or how do they deal with it right so those are all the attributes which we look at uh, i think uh, ability wise people may have the same kind of knowledge but attitude wise they may not have the same attitude to take it take up a project problem so sometimes it's mix of everything which which makes you feel that this person is the right person for the company uh did you pivot your business model somewhere uh, along the way yes i mean multiple times we did uh, business model uh, as well as the product itself Uh, as, I, as i told you we 
we wanted to become a, a more of a, a wide IoT company where we do lots, uh, lots of products in the IoT space, whether it's smart lighting, uh, smart homes, um, access control was a small part of it. Um, but what we realized is uh, as a startup, you need to really focus on a narrow uh, business, uh, narrow market and narrow product, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where access control really became the focus. So from being a uh, smart home or an IoT company, we became an access control company. That was one of the largest pivots we did to the point where we have stock of products which are smart lights and things like that still lying in our office you know, which we are, we are planning to sell to the customers uh, other things were uh, software wise we uh, instead of a product company we became a platform company where uh, we are able to give our technology to other software companies to use that was another pivot we did um, so we give apis and mobile sdks to other software companies so they can build their own applications now using our was another pivot related. Okay. Uh, now uh, let's talk about the personal uh, side of an entrepreneur. Uh, first of all, uh, as an entrepreneur, you have to be very consistent and uh, energetic throughout uh, the journey. Uh, but mm -hmm. we are all human beings. So there will be times when we feel uh, tired or restless or we lose focus. How do you deal with such situations of uh, being an entrepreneur? Yeah, that, that's always a challenge. And uh, one of the uh, key things the, in that there is having people around you, right? Uh, one of the things is having a co-founder. First step becomes, uh, can you get a co-founder who, who can believe in what you are trying to do, right? And if, if that person believes in what we are trying to do collectively, then whenever you have a question or whenever you are in doubt, you can always speak to the co-founder. And then you can then uh, brainstorm and come out come out strong of the situation because you're not alone. Uh, because you founders, if they're alone, they tend to get lonely and they think that you know uh, what they're working on is not good enough. Right? Somebody needs to give them the reinforcement. Uh, our wives also, like my wife, also is part of the company. Mm -hmm. She runs the software uh, and product management. So that also helps because we, we, we tend to talk about uh, whenever there's a problem, we tend to discuss and talk. So I think having a team around you, a core team, which is aligned with the vision is very important. Okay. Can you give us one instance where uh, you have witnessed compounding effect as an entrepreneur? Uh, compounding effect in terms of um, business or uh, effort or any specific area? Anything, it can be anything. Um, I think uh, compounding effect in terms of business, I would uh, say uh, the type of customer when you acquire, say if you acquire, um, so we, I talked about a pivot we did where we, where we are able to give our technology to other software companies, right? Mm -hmm. Now with that model, when we acquired our first customer with that model, we we got like almost 10,000 users on our platform right? uh, because that company had users on their platform already. Uh, so we found that that particular business model can have a compounding effect. So even if we spend uh, 
say three or four months to acquire such a customer, it is really worth it for us. Uh, so that, that that's where I saw the compounding effect because we we're trying so hard to build a user base, and we were getting you know for say a thousand users or five hundred users from every customer here and there. But this particular customer just gave us like ten thousand users just in few days. But to close the customer, it took about uh, uh, about four or five months. Uh, so that kind of prompted us to change the business model itself and we see that compounding effect of uh, now acquiring one uh, software integration customer gives us a huge amount of users can you tell us about one uh, tough decision that you have made in life where both sides of the decision could have uh, gone equally good or equally bad uh, i think pertaining to this i, I think i can talk about two one is uh, say moving from us to india uh, in 2017 right uh, i think uh, good part is we started a company and we are, uh, are on our way to building a successful startup uh, but on the other side of it, i was in bay area i was in silicon valley i if i had not come back probably i could have started the same company in silicon valley and the results would have been way different than what we are uh, doing here in india that is one thing second is uh, when we pivoted from an, a smart home company to uh, access control we could have pivoted other way around also could have pivoted to being a purely smart home smart lighting company and not done access control right both both were op both options were there and i think uh, in general in life i think uh, there is no one right or wrong thing i think it really depends on how passionate you are about what what decision you make right? you can make make any decision work for you actually mm -hmm. if, if you believe that this is the right decision right uh, even in life like i have made job changes where you know I, I think that sometimes i would have taken that job maybe my life would have been different but now i think that it, if you just work passionately with whatever decision you make you can make it work for you so I believe that uh, there is no one right thing or wrong thing uh, in terms of decision making. Whatever you decide, you need to make sure that you own that decision and then make the best out of it. Okay. Speaking of uh, decisions, uh, some decisions end up uh, being a uh, failure for you. Can you tell us about some of the failures that you have gone through as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think a lot of failures. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you go through a lot of failures. Um, in, choosing um, uh, the approach for the product or um, features for the product or wasting time on unnecessary features for the product, uh, not talking to the customers initially and building a product, like so many failures. Right? Uh, you realize that after you go through that journey, but unfortunately there is no other way. I mean, you have to fail and recover from it. How fast you recover from it is because uh, if you uh, few examples of failures, uh, I think we, we we got into a lot of things before early on in the business. We we got into smart street lighting, for example, right? Uh, and we even deployed some smart street lights on some uh, in some projects. And the amount of time we spent was quite a lot. Right? We could have not spent that time by initially only focusing on what we wanted to do. But hindsight, you can always say that that was a mistake, right? I mean, but 
when you are in that situation you you, you think that that is the best thing to do so i i would say it's very important to recover from failures and you know get yourself together and then i focus on what you want to do okay what did you say is the meaning of entrepreneurship to you how would you define entrepreneurship so in my opinion entrepreneurship is <clears throat> is a journey towards achieving a bigger dream right which which is not a it's not a material dream like okay i want to build a company or i want to build a product usually it's not that usually it's a vision for uh, you people not just you but people around you right it could it could be that i want to make a difference in this in the area or in the state i live in or in the country i live in by building an enterprise which is say a global enterprise because uh, once you build a company you become uh, depend on how, how much how successful you are you you become a uh, figure where people can act, people listen to you people follow you right and then there is a lot of power in what you can do as a person you can make a change in the society right you can uh, do a lot of things so i think the, that vision is there in the back of the mind of every entrepreneurship entrepreneur right? what they want to do once they have achieved certain level of success and i think that is the real essence of entrepreneurship okay uh since you have uh, stayed a good amount of time in us and you have seen a good amount of entrepreneurs in especially in bay area what did you say that uh, uh, that is different in indian entrepreneurs uh, from uh, what you have seen uh, in other areas of the world i think um, as far as entrepreneurs are concerned um, in india uh, the ecosystem is such that uh, it 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 fosters certain types of entrepreneurs like the investor community and so it's more uh, software driven or software centric or fintech there's a certain segments which are really favorite for uh, investors and those entrepreneurs get more support whereas deep technology startups in india don't get as much support from the community or from the ecosystem so they are sometimes forced to go out and raise money or you know, because these are the areas which which take a longer time to gestate and produce any result because it's deep technology right basic uh, research or basic technology mm-hmm. and that's the difference i see where a lot of investment goes into deep technology basic research in the western world which uh, which is uh, focused on changing a fundamental thing in science for example uh, i think that is the basic difference which i see Uh, in bay area people will see you'll see different types of startups but there is a um, uh, breed of startups which is only focused on very deep science and technology right uh, they 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 tend to uh, get a good amount of funding in us mm-hmm. and investors are able to understand why they are doing what they are doing okay interesting now coming to the final question uh tell us about the learnings you have got as an entrepreneur which can be taken away by our listeners and uh, they don't have to go through the same learning again which you have got yeah mm, it i i hope it, it would be that easy where somebody just listens to the learnings and just follows it usually it doesn't happen usually most most entrepreneurs have to go through their own journey and learn by themselves because every product every business is different 
True. But in general, I would say there are certain learnings which are universal. Is uh, uh, when youth come up with an idea or a product, first thing you need to do is talk to the customer. Uh, don't delay talking to customers. Get the feedback early on from the customers um, because they will tell you whether you are on the right path or not. No. So many founders they feel that if I talk to the customer, somebody will come to know my idea, what it is, and you know, then somebody will steal my idea. And those are the weird thoughts founders have, which are completely, uh, you know, not correct. You need to expose your ideas to your network, to your people. Nobody steals ideas and builds a company. Uh, finally, <clears throat> the company is all about execution. Like almost 95% of it is execution, not idea itself. So I think that is one learning everybody should blindly follow that talk to customers, show your product or whatever you're doing very early to the customers and learn, start learning from that experience. Uh, other one is uh, um, read a lot of books about startups. Like this learnings, whatever I am telling are there in books. There are certain books which you can refer to called Startup Jake or Lean Startup or um, uh, Nail It Then Scale It. There are a few books which actually outline the steps you can follow. And if you follow the steps, you will improve the odds of your success for your startup. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I must say it was a great pleasure to listen to you. Thanks for your time, Rohin. And uh, 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 we are really honored to host you at uh, ELI. Uh, uh, I'd say my best wishes for Sprintly. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks, Pierre Ranjan. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.